Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. It's been a while since we've talked about civil asset forfeiture on this channel. And Nick Sibilla wrote an article for Forbes. Both Newt and Dale sent me notes and Steve checked this out. And uh, cops taking property from the innocent is legitimate, according to the South Carolina Supreme Court most recent ruling. And so what's going on is civil asset forfeiture occurs all across America. And we talk about it here. A lot of people think it's wrong. A vast majority of people actually think it's wrong. But the problem is the U.S. Supreme Court has said it's okay. So the Institute for Justice and others are fighting at every level trying to get courts to say that it's wrong. But it's going to have to make it all the way back up to the U.S. Supreme Court, who are, in essence, going to have to overrule themselves and say, okay, in the past, we said this was okay. It's no longer okay. But in South Carolina, they had gotten a ruling from a lower court saying that this kind of a taking is inappropriate. And the South Carolina Supreme Court spun that around and said, no, 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 perfectly okay. It's legitimate. So this is a major blow against government accountability. And the South Carolina Supreme Court last week upheld that state's civil forfeiture laws, which let police permanently confiscate cash, cars, and even homes without ever filing criminal charges. They just take the stuff. By overturning a lower court ruling that declared civil forfeiture unconstitutional, the decision jeopardizes property rights for thousands of people across South Carolina. A sweeping investigation by the Greenville News and Anderson Independent Mail identified at least 1,510 cases where the owner was never convicted of a crime in South Carolina. That was nearly 40% of all forfeiture cases in that state. Under state law, if an owner doesn't formally file a claim for their seized property, law enforcement agencies win a default judgment and keep what was taken. In South Carolina, over 70% of forfeiture cases were won by default, meaning they took stuff from people and people didn't fight to get it back. And some people are going to say, Steve, if they took my stuff, I'd fight to get it back. Yes, you would until you found out it would cost more to do the fight than what you're going to get back. A lot of the seizures are small. They take $1,000 from you. You go to an attorney and say, what's going to cost me to get my $1,000 back? They go, oh, about ten grand." You go, that doesn't make any sense. They say, well, no, it does, because they know that. That's why they do it. They know you can't afford to chase them for a small amount of money because under civil asset forfeiture, if you sue them and get your stuff back, you got to pay your own attorney fees. I've had people say, Steve, I'd make them. No, 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 no. In America, we go by the American rule. The American rule is each side bears the costs of their own attorney's uh, generally speaking, unless there's a statute that says otherwise, and here there is no statute that says otherwise. Worse, state law provides a powerfully perverse incentive to police for profit. Once a property has been forfeited, the seizing agency gets to keep the first $1,000 and then 75% of the remainder. So they get like a finder's fee or a keeper's fee. Prosecutors receive 20%, while a mere 5% is sent to the general fund of the state. Since 2009, law enforcement in South Carolina has generated nearly $97 million in state forfeiture revenue. And that's another reason that they fight this so vigorously is it is a source of income for the state. I've mentioned before, anytime the state starts getting money, once the spigot is open, it's almost impossible to get them to willingly close the spigot. This ruling is both shocking and extraordinarily disappointing said Robert Fromer, a senior attorney at the Institute for Justice, which was litigating the case. South Carolina's forfeiture laws violate citizens' property and constitutional rights. 
Yet the court ruled that it's up to the legislature, the very entity that enacted those laws, to protect those rights. And that's a sad commentary coming from the South Carolina Supreme Court that's up to the legislature to fix a problem which is obviously unconstitutional. Most Americans, when told the police can pull you over and take your stuff, and if you want it back, you got to sue them, they go, what about the Constitution? Doesn't the Constitution forbid the taking without due process? It should. The case in this matter dates back to 2017 when a man was arrested on multiple charges around Myrtle Beach. In addition to confiscating narcotics, the uh, law enforcement unit involved there seized $20,000 in cash from the man's wallet and an outdoor garage closet. Now, the man pled guilty, but he challenged the government's attempt to forfeit his property, primarily the cash. In a surprise decision, the 15th Circuit Court ruled civil forfeiture was unconstitutional in 2019. More specifically, the court held that South Carolina's seizure laws infringed on the protections for due process and against excessive fines. And the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Tim's and the Indiana case that excessive fines are wrong. But they don't call these fines. They say this is us forfeiting property. Following the decision, all forfeiture cases were stayed within the circuit. Prosecutors, of course, appealed the case to the state's highest court. The South Carolina Supreme Court could have issued a landmark ruling affirming constitutional rights, but instead it punted. The court refused to curb civil forfeiture, arguing that the government has a strong, legitimate interest in forfeiting property connected to criminal activity. But if there's no crime charged, what criminal activity is it connected to? And they say, of course, that's even if the property is owned by someone who wasn't charged with a crime. Further, citing a supposed utter dearth of case law that struck down the forfeiture laws, South Carolina Supreme Court concluded the state's own forfeiture regime was not facially invalid. So they say, look, there's no case law striking it down. Well, yeah, and until there is, there won't be. Uh, Huh? (laughs) Now, in 2018, a New Mexico federal district court struck down Albuquerque's civil forfeiture laws as unconstitutional. In an exhaustive 91-page decision, the judge meticulously ruled that the city's vehicle seizure laws violated the rights of due process. Rather than grapple with that analysis, the South Carolina Supreme Court merely hand-waved that ruling as an outlier. An outlier. So if you get something that goes the wrong way, in your opinion, it's an outlier. If it's uh, one of the brave opinions that dares to go the correct direction, you, of course, look at it and go, but that's, that's a bright spot. That's the way we should be going. That prompted a fierce dissent from a Chief Justice Donald Beatty who rebuked the court for defending an illusion of due process. The majority clings to precedent regarding an ancient legal fiction despite its misgivings because this is the way things have always been and that it insulates the fiction from further scrutiny behind an unassailable presumption of constitutionality. And that's the problem, is that civil asset forfeiture has been around for a long, long time but it hadn't been so wildly abused until more recently. If you go back hundreds of years, there was a time when they had seized assets as part of a criminal investigation, and it was not the point where it is now where they just grab stuff from people and then tell the police departments, oh, you get to keep a portion, spend it on whatever you want. And next thing you know, they're buying popcorn makers and daiquiri machines. Uh, really, seriously. So this blind recitation of prior case law 
ignores how civil forfeiture has expanded far beyond its historical roots and far beyond the contemplations of our nation's founders and earlier decisions justifying its use. Decisions that were overwhelmingly limited to admiralty cases. And the best example of that is a ship pulls into harbor and somebody goes out to inspect the ship and finds it's loaded with all kinds of contraband. And they go to look for the people who are on the ship who've all disappeared. They can't find anybody associated with the ship. They've all taken off because they know they're going to get in trouble. So now there's a ship there with a bunch of stuff on board. And you can find all these cases in the case books, the United States versus this ship, or the United States versus 100 barrels of untaxed rum, that kind of thing. And I mean, they would literally do that because there's no one around to go after for this stuff. But when they pull somebody over in their car and say, oh, we found money on this person and it was rubber banded. So we seized it. Well, you know who you took it from. You took it from the person you took it from. I, I, I actually always wonder how people who write opinions like this don't see how absurd the result is that they're defending. And now, of course, they're defending the status quo so they can hide behind that and go, well, we're not changing anything. It's, you know, we didn't make it that way. But it's your job, if you are on the South Carolina Supreme Court, to protect the constitutional rights of your citizens. And just because there was an ancient legal theory that has now been contorted for the last 200 years that goes one way, maybe you should take a stand, oh, like the Chief Justice. The Chief Justice was dissenting in this opinion. And so that's always even crazier. It's not a unanimous decision. So without question, the Chief Justice added, the government can have no legitimate interest in compelling the forfeiture of property from an innocent owner or one who has not been afforded due process. Such a system cannot withstand constitutional scrutiny. And by the way, you should know that it's one of those things that attorneys and law students understand, is that quite often you'll find a case where something got reversed and you can go back and find the judges who were dissenting previously who have now been proven right (laughs) Somewhere down the road, Chief Justice Donald Beatty will be recognized as somebody who stood up and said the right thing, despite the fact he's on the losing side of a vote at the South Carolina Supreme Court. Even though the South Carolina Supreme Court failed to fully scrutinize civil forfeiture, the majority nevertheless insisted that only the state legislature could abolish the practice. Curbing civil forfeiture, the court claimed, would encroach upon the General Assembly's constitutional exercise of legislative power. But they can't legislate things that violate constitutional rights. This concern is misplaced, Beattie retorted. This court does not intrude upon legislative authority when it simply fulfills its role of reviewing the constitutionality of existing legislation and expressly leaves any future statutory changes to the General Assembly. In recent years, South Carolina legislators have considered bills that would fully abolish civil forfeiture and replace it with criminal forfeiture, which only authorizes forfeiture after a criminal conviction, which everyone agrees with. Everyone I know who have talked about this, and in the comments below will be an overwhelming support for the idea that if a criminal gets convicted of a crime, the fruits of that crime 
can and should be forfeited. People agree with that. There's no question about that. It's when they take stuff from innocent people and never charge them with a crime. And yes, they're innocent because they haven't been proven guilty. We're all presumed innocent. In recent years, they've talked about that. And if enacted, South Carolina would join four states. Only four states have done this. Maine, Nebraska, New Mexico, and North Carolina. Regardless of what happens in the courts, the Institute for Justice, along with a broad and bipartisan group of advocates, stand ready to work with legislators to fix South Carolina's flawed forfeiture process once and for all. That's the Institute for Justice Senior Legislative Counsel Lee McGrath speaking. But keep in mind that 46 states still have this. Four have got their act together. And so I'm going to mention again the Institute for Justice. I plug these people all the time. They are doing great work. They, they, they watch, they listen, they pay attention to what's happening in the landscape of law in America. And when they see somebody suffering an injustice, particularly those who cannot afford to litigate the case on their own, they will often step in and say, we will litigate the case. We will provide the attorneys. We'll handle the case. We'll do this. We don't care if it's got to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. We'll do it. And they've done some fabulous work. And here, even though they lost, fabulous work. And I hope they keep pushing this, and they probably will. So here's the deal. I'm going to put a link to the Institute for Justice in the description below the video. And I would urge you to visit that link and consider supporting the Institute. They do great work. And I've gotten notes back from them and from also people who've told me, said, Steve, I went and looked. I've heard enough of your stories. I, I, I sent them some money. I made a donation. They're, they're a nonprofit. You can write it off. And I've also gotten notes from them saying, Steve, your viewers are among the most generous of groups that we've ever heard from. The number of people who watch your videos, who then come to our site and then donate, it's astounding. We, we greatly appreciate that. But the reason I'm plugging this is that they are doing fabulous work that no one else, for the most part, will do. And so the idea that civil asset forfeiture is something we have to deal with largely is because no one out there will step up and take these cases pro bono. So if somebody gets $1,000 taken from at the roadside, they go see an attorney. The attorney goes, I've got kind of that kind of time to do on my, you know, my, in my spare time. It's going to cost a lot of money. And by the way, they'll purposely run you through the ringer to make sure that attorneys won't take these cases because it'll be a waste of money. No one will hire the attorneys. The Institute for Justice goes, guess what? We don't care. We don't care. We'll pursue it. And they can afford to pursue it because of generous donations from people who watch videos like mine or read articles like Nick Sabilla's and Forbes and say, those people are doing great work. I want to support them. So I would urge you to support the Institute for Justice. This, in my mind, is one of the biggest legal problems to come along or be exposed or to even be on our radar in our lifetimes. There, there are some others out there. I understand that. I understand that. But when you ask yourself about something that is so shocking to the conscience and it could happen to you, it could happen to me. Okay? So suppose I'm driving down the road, I'm going to buy something, I got cash on me. And a cop pulls me over and discovers the cash. He could take my cash and say, you want it back? Sue me. Now, I'm an attorney. I probably would sue him. But... The average person who's not an attorney, guess what? They'll take the money and say, yeah, sue us, sue us. So the idea that it could happen to you, it could happen to me, 
so many people watch stories in the news, watch stories on YouTube, watch stories on TikTok and go, that never happened to me. This one could. This one could. So the fact that it could happen to you should worry you. So Newt and Dale both sent it to me. Thanks a lot, guys. From Nick Sibilla at Forbes and the Institute for Justice. Cops taking property from the innocent is legitimate. That's the exact word they use. According to the South Carolina Supreme Court, most recent ruling. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Ultimately, minimalism is the thing that gets us past the things so we can focus on life's most important things, which actually aren't things at all.